Yeah, let's go ahead and jump okay. right into it. Wait, are we just jumping into it, or did you want to did you want to do your 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 distance birthday present opening? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I feel about it anymore. I don't know if I feel like it. Okay, okay. Well, now that I have you up, now I feel like it. I just had to get you up on the on the video. There we go. Okay, okay. All right, are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm so ready. Uh, should I should I show you the teaser first? The the teaser. Yeah, there's a little teaser. Oh, uh, here's here's the teaser. <gasps> a certificate of authenticity to what? I see Sonic. Yes, that's a Sonic. The certificate to the, I need to like enhance. This oh, that's 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 the teaser. Do you want to see now? What? <laughs> what have you got me for my birthday? What have you gotten the birthday boy? All right, ready? Yeah. Well, is that they're uh, is that they're me? uh they're is that th Sonic? no they're they're that's Sonic that's Sonic they're uh they're original animation <gasps> cells from the Sonic <gasps> animated TV show. No way! No way! <laughs> I I was looking at that, that. I was like, that looks like a like a little drawing. I was like, what? yeah, that's Sonic. Yeah, they're, they're, that's Eggman, and that's oh, what the fuck <laughs> is that guy about? I love this. Oh my god. <gasps> There's five of them in total. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, who is this handsome I don't know. person over here? I don't this know. This queen. <laughs> oh my god! She's from the Sonic animated TV series, though. Yo, that's so cool. The Robotnik is like my favorite. Oh, the Robotnik it. is so good. It's the Robo head, and it's just like one of the in-between frames of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <His head. laughs> Oh my god, that's so cool. So that's your cool. that's your birthday gift. Happy birthday, my guy. Oh my god, that's the coolest <laughs> gift ever. I would have I never expected that. That was the last <laughs> thing that I expected. What? What? That's so cool. Thank, thank the algorithm, baby. <laughs> Facebook just like recommended that to you casually? Yeah, it was just casually like, "Hey, do you want some Sonic animated cells of the TV show?" And I was like, no, but I know someone who would. <laughs> I think I have a dealer that you might be interested in. <laughs> wow. Happy birthday, my guy. That's so cool. Wait, can I see can I see the 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 Sonic and the Robotnik one again? Yeah. The 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 Sonic one, he's like holding like a what is he holding there? Like a cell phone or something? Uh I believe it's a newspaper. A newspaper. Let me see this again. Oh yeah, it is like a newspaper, and he's got like some kind of like cool glasses on. <gasps> yeah, he's got like a headband. Yeah, that's so cool. Sonic delivering paper or something, maybe. Yeah, yeah. On I'm, his side hustle. I'm gonna straight up like photocopy that in and use that for an emote. Hell yeah, that'd make a good emote. Yeah. And then here's the the ro oh, there's Robotnik. Oh, there's the Bean <laughs> Man. There's the Angry Bean Man. All dressed up for war. Oh, my. Yeah, he does have like kind of like a like a German regalia kind of thing going on, yeah. doesn't he? With like the sort of shoulder pauldrons there. Uh, the really them. cool part too about these is they uh 
they were they were misstored on paper, which is why they have paper behind them. Oh, uh, so there's there's kind of like uh like the paint. Oh, so it's like stuck paper. on there, in like a weird yeah. way. But the paper it was stored on was a lot of the original sketches for the animation cells too. Which that's super cool. But it's like also kind of funny that like they messed it up so badly that they're just like, well, what are we gonna do now? I guess we can just sell it, <laughs> right? <laughs> How much did it cost? Can I? Can I ask? Uh, it wasn't terribly expensive. I think it was like forty bucks for the five of them. Okay, wow. Huh. Yeah, that's so cool. Now I have a little piece of history. I now gotta... have a little piece of the Sonic animated TV show history. That's so cool. I haven't even watched all the animated show. I've seen like <laughs> clips of it, but now I'm have. I feel like I have to binge the entire thing. Just right. To <laughs> Just so you can be like, I own that frame. Yeah, and I can be like, oh, that, that's the frame that I own. I have to like watch the whole thing just to find the frames that like. <laughs> oh my god, that's so cool! I'm Thank glad you, you like it. <laughs> I do. I love it. I love it so much. Hey, hell yeah! Uh, my name is David Baxter, and I'm the most thankful boy on the planet. I'm I'm Johnny Bartlett, and David's the birthday boy this week. <laughs> birthday boy. Hmm. Shall we get into these games? Can you hear my cat? Yeah. <laughs> it's scritching there. It's giving it a little scritchy scratch. It's just like, should, we, should I give it a second? Should just like let my cat finish taking a shit? Nah, cursed recording. <laughs> okay, fuck it, cursed recording. Uh, folks, <laughs> tonight we have a couple of different games here that we're going to be having on offer. Uh, the first one is The Suicide of Rachel Foster. The second is Autonauts. The next is Basement. The fourth is Iron Danger. Not to be forgotten, Tropico 6 El Prez Edition is fifth in the lineup tonight. And then finally, Goat of Duty! <laughs> I had to say it like that because the name is in all caps. Code of Duty! Bro! <laughs> As I immediately peek my mic at the start of this recording. Bro! <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound a goat makes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get into the meat of this. Let's get into the juicy meat. Uh, these are six of the games for the October Humble Bundle <laughs> Choice. <laughs> Just so you know. In case you haven't figured out our whole shtick, in case in case the bundle bourgeoisie and the the, the what ten months of doing this already, <laughs> I just realized that we never even said we just jumped right into it without even mentioning the humble bundle thing, dude. If we were actually sponsored by <laughs> hey, humble bundle, we're not we we're not sponsored it. yet. We don't have to drop their name. This <laughs> is a, a this is an unnamed bundle that you can purchase on the internet. <laughs> we would have just lost our fucking sponsorship right there, dude. That would have been but, gone. But perhaps now on we should just go without naming it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the you know where these games are from. They're not just random games. We wouldn't just choose to play uh basement, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, spoilers for next week. Uh yeah. Well, I mean, no, that's this week. Are you doing basement this week? Yeah, I said I was doing basement. Oh, I don't listen. <laughs> Why don't you ever listen when I'm talking? Why don't you listen to me? Harold! Harold! <laughs> All right, go. Start us off. The Suicide of this, Rachel Foster is our first game here, uh, developed by 101 Games. 
hey, did you know that the suicide of Rachel Foster, the, the, the developers, the, the game that they made before this was VR Ping Pong Pro? That surprises me. <laughs> I mean, it kind of doesn't when I was playing the game just because the game is like very pretty <laughs> and it kind of makes sense like, oh, well, they have some experience in like VR, maybe making some like whatever kind of a thing but it's definitely the whole like game is chasing around a ball that just keeps yeah, bouncing exactly it's just chasing the, the the mythical sort of uh ball of family regret uh yeah so it's a first person mystery <laughs> exploration game in the vein of like gone home and firewatch uh and it's also published by data lake entertainment uh which by the way they published a lot of the games that we have talked about and even one game that we're going to talk about this week iron dagger uh, oh shit! So they're bad publishers, is what you're saying? Yeah, they, well, they did Felix the Reaper, which was a pretty good game. Uh, I mean, like an an, a, uh, an okay game I... with a very interesting uh, aesthetic. Yeah, and, uh, I guess you can't have a hundred percent track record. Yeah, and Borrow Trauma, we both love Borrow Trauma. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think one of those games on that list just kind of drags the whole thing down. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so. uh you get to explore your parents' old mountain inn in the 80s after their untimely passing in this game in order to discover the truth of your family's past while trapped during a winter storm. And uh, if this sounds like The Shining, then, then yeah, it's got, like, huge Shining vibes. Uh, you have a father who was not a cool guy. He had an affair with a little girl named Rachel, who was underage and committed suicide and your job kind of now you were just supposed to go in here for the insurance adjuster and leave but now you're trapped there and you're going to be there for the unforeseeable future and you just have to walk around and discover the truth about everyone's fates related to the family you have a walkie-talkie which is sort of why i draw the firewatch comparison because you're always kind of talking with somebody else you know you're not just describing things to yourself you're usually describing things for somebody else on a on a walkie-talkie that's listening to you um there is this like unexplainable sort of ghost phenomena that's going around i, I wasn't 100 percent sure if it was ghosts or if somebody was just messing with me at any given point where doors would slam behind me there would be like these unexplainable lights and sounds and and it would catch me off guard in like the the best possible moments uh it's a slow burn this game it doesn't immediately get you for the scares no big like pop out scares right away certainly and uh you can beat it all in one night so you know it's a it's a digestible experience but it, it's it's never something that like you know it's not like an amnesia the dark descent where there's things constantly chasing you and it's like that kind of terrifying horror game where you have to hide and do things. It's it's a lot chiller. You you just vibing, exploring, looking for ghosts. Is it is it a walking simulator? I mean, I I think that like I I've had to wrestle with this a lot recently in the term walking simulator because I I read a video, I watched a video recently that basically convinced me that all walking simulators are video games because they use the like artificiality of video games in order to tell their story oh, but like absolutely i don't i don't use walking simulator as like a negative connotation okay, i use it as okay. like defining a genre of video games well i mean it, it it is in some respects it's also like a little bit of a detective game because like i mean I, I will say at certain points in the game i didn't know exactly where i had to go so it was a walking simulator and that i was just walking around trying to find the exact thing that i had to interact with to like progress mm -hmm. the story uh but in other ways like 
I, I felt like an active investigator walking around the house and sort of inferring from things uh, to gather information, like a detective would, you know, like piecing together information about like uh, one person's room that like, you know, gives you more information about that character that then you, you realize leads to another sort of revelation. Uh, and eventually all of that cascades to like the big revelation at the end, which I don't know that I'm going to spoil because I, I think that this is a, a really good game that you should go ahead and check out if you uh, are feeling it. Um, but yeah, so you survive a bunch of nights just by exploring and you even get to use these like ghost tracking devices to make progress at certain points. And those are like some of my favorite parts of the game because when you're listening for something and trying to find meaning in like a lot of static, there's something scary in that where you're like, where you think you hear something and you're constantly second guessing yourself mentally, whether or not you're hearing something. And then it gets a little bit louder and louder and you're trying to figure out what it is or why it's there. Uh, it's super cool. I, I love those aspects of the game. And, uh, yeah, so if you're looking for a really spooky title to keep you hooked on Halloween this year, uh, this one might be a good one for you. It, got, it is a much slower burn than a lot of other horror games, but, uh, I did very much enjoy it, and I enjoyed the story as well, and the, uh, the final twist at the end. Uh, there are no twists in this next game. Uh, unless... Un unless you're a very bad programmer and you twist uh, up the system all bad and gunk it up our next game is autonauts by <laughs> dinky <laughs> yeah dinky uh that's their only game at least on steam uh, i can't say i i googled them outside of it but it's their only game on steam so i'm going with it's their only game uh this is a it's a survival slash crafting game with more emphasis on the crafting than the survival and it has a massive focus on automation. So the whole game is really about building a bunch of robots so you can automate your colonization of the planet in which, like, they, they can do all of the tasks that you as the player and character can do. So you can just, you hit, like, a little record button, and then any action you take while the record button is on, the bot will record that action and do it. Uh, it's super cool. It's very intuitive for the coding. And and it's it's a very unique mechanic that I haven't really seen done in these crafting games before. It's like it it really does let you automate every single aspect of like building things, gathering materials, planting stuff to grow. It's it's super innovative and super cool. And the the flexibility of programming, like it's it, it's basically low level programming. Like you have if loops you can do, you can do while loops, you can do like. Uh, you can do shouts and responses, which are essentially like when one bot calls something out, another bot will do another thing. It's super cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's a really fun, cute little game. And it's it's all about colonization. It's really funny that the <laughs> game has this sort of like cheeky nod to it, too. Like they're very well aware of it. Like th they send you off in a spaceship. And what little story you get is basically go colonize the planet. Yay. Woo colonization um, <laughs> so it's it's a very cheeky like they're well aware that you're like they're like you're going to this planet to just like fuck it up and turn it into an automation hell have fun <laughs> that sounds like your kind of heaven in a video game it absolutely was i really enjoyed it like you just you just build robots and make robots just like farm and produce and make things it's so wild uh that being said there's 
really no story outside of the like cheeky dialogue box you get at the very beginning. And like, I think there was a little cutscene or the trailer I'm thinking of that was very just a cheeky nod at like colonize the planet. Yay. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's all right. I think if you're going to play the game, play it in sandbox mode because the way they handle unlocks in the like progression mode kind of suck. The earlier bots are limited to like four lines of code. And so the later bots become able to do a lot more and it becomes a lot of unlocking things and then dismantling all the work you've done before to make the better thing which kind of sucks. I, I I wish there was a way mm. to just upgrade the things you already had rather than like, I have basic bot and now I have Mark 1 bot, but there's no way to turn my basic bot into a Mark 1 bot. I just have to build a Mark 1 bot separately. So I have all these useless basic bots because the Mark 1 bot completely replaced it. Uh, That's like, you know, that's a bit of a pain, but that's also such a real world problem. I, I was just about to say that though. Like it is a cheeky nod to like the way technology actually works in the real world. Is that like, Oh, we can build a better robot. The old one is obsolete and we don't have like, like we can get rid of it. But also that's kind of a waste because you do have a robot that could still do this low level thing. But it kind of reminds me of a weird way of like CRT televisions of like how like they're like obsolete technology for a lot of people now. But there's also like this subset of like people that are like, oh, man, I need that technology. Like it does this one thing that I need really well. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's an interesting look at the way technology actually progresses and and what what's more important, like doing better and more things or doing one thing very, very well, like one specific task really well with your low level bot that you already have. Huh. So I, I think that's a fun little like uh, I, I, I it seems like an intentional nod. Um, But other than that, like, it, it does, from a gameplay perspective, it really sucks, because you just want, like, of course you want the better bot. It can do 20 things, while your old bot could only do four things, you know? Right, right. You always want the better bot, because it's just a better bot. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, if you're going to play it, probably play in sandbox mode, because you're not missing any story or anything. It's not like there's really anything to it. Uh, But yeah, all in all, it's it's an alright game. It misses a lot of, like, core features that you'd want from a crafting game. It's it's very surface level. You can plant trees. You get, like, wood and rock and dirt, and that's how you make everything. Uh, <laughs> so it's pretty simple. <laughs> wood, rock, dirt. Smash together. You, you create Cut tool. down tree. Tree makes log. Log makes pole. Planks. Planks makes, makes pole. And, like, that's... That's the extent of crafting is like, what do you stick pole and stone together or whatever? It's like genius um, caveman technology done by robots. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's super straightforward. There's not a lot of like, it's not as in depth of crafting as you'd li- as I'd like personally. Um, I it feels like this would be just like a really good mod to implement in a better game like Minecraft. Oh. Like having the sort of automation mod where you can build robots, which I'm sure there has to be in Minecraft. Oh, I mean, I have a friend that like I can guarantee that he's put at least 50 of those into his mod pack. <laughs> yeah, if if not, I'm sure you can build it out of redstone. Like, so it, it, it's probably more work. This this game is definitely a more uh, surface level, more introductory kind of game to the genre. Uh, you You won't get confused playing this game if you ever get confused playing like Minecraft. Or, or Terraria or something like this game is not confusing at all. It's very straightforward. Okay. And it's honestly a very fun way to start learning and understanding programming logic because 
the the syntax and the and the coding is very similar to what you'd experience in real life surprisingly so i i think if you're like interested in learning how to develop or learning how to code it's a great way to like start understanding syntax and logic in a in a more uh engaging way than just reading a bunch of tutorials about c++ or something so would you say that this is a more like a very engaging game for somebody who's more of a at an entry level uh sort of programming position and would you say that like you enjoyed it less because you are more advanced um i i would honestly say like yeah absolutely for an entry-level programmer like programming position this would be a very interesting game uh i don't think i enjoyed it less because i i know a little more about programming i think i just enjoyed it less because there's a lot of gameplay depth that's missing you Mm. know Mm -hmm. i i think as a like educational tool to understand syntax it stands alone in its own regard and since i don't need it as a tool for that uh i i couldn't use it as a tool for that and therefore i was evaluating it purely on the gameplay but if someone were interested in just learning sort of syntax and programming language and and they didn't have a a fundamental understanding of it to begin with then this game could be treated as a means to start understanding it Okay, so it, it, it's it's semi-educational. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's designed that way, but I definitely think it can be used that way. I think if you came into this game with, like, no rudimentary understanding or desire to do, do programming, you would hate it, honestly, because <laughs> it, in the Fair. end, it is programming. Like, that is the core game, is just programming robots. If you ain't into it, then you probably already know. Yeah, exactly. You'll play it for two minutes and go, what the fuck's an if loop? I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but when you do get that if loop though, and it crushes, it's a blast. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, play it if you're interested in learning programming lo- logic. Otherwise, just like stick to Minecraft and find a mod that lets you download bots. Uh, our next game. Uh, is, uh, 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 but whatever you do, hmm. uh, don't build a basement in the game. Yeah. Because uh, if you do... That's a bad segue. Basements aren't even available. There's no, no, I don't even think there's like a housing structure. It's all just, just production-based. Well, if you did... <laughs> <laughs> if, if theoretically there was a basement, hey, 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 well, what, what, what if you sold drugs out of it to, to fund your video game? Oh, I should have gotten the video game aspect. Damn it, that would have been a better segue. <laughs> I forgot the story of your game. <laughs> hey, you know, it's it's all it's all part of the fun. We're we're gonna <laughs> We're gonna get there eventually with our segues. Uh so this game, Basement, is developed and published by Halfbus. This is their only game to date on Steam. And it is a very difficult strategy game, sort of in the vein of Fallout Shelter, about building and uh, composing a full drug-dealing empire out of your uncle's basement. Uh, it, it was pretty interesting, especially at first, uh, just kind of uh, finally getting started into the game. It does have very mixed reviews on Steam. Uh and recent reviews from the Humble Bundle seem to be, like, kind of positive. I think people are willing to give it a chance because they, you know, got it in the bundle. It's like, well, why not be positive about it? But older reviews, people that paid, like, $20 to play this game have 
uh, a lot of negative things to say about it, it seems like. I, I scrolled through so many negative posts on this game, uh, whether it was complaining about the difficulty or uh, complaining about the offensive writing style. Uh, there was a lot about this game that people kind of bounced off from. The oh, Like, for example, in the opening manual, it, they, they, they kind of throw around the fuck word a lot. They're like, ah, you got to do this fucking shit. Yeah, and don't get fucked, all right? Now move on. Moving on. It's like So one might assume I wrote the manual. You could. You could assume that until you get to all the parts that are like tangentially a little bit racist, and then it's like, I hope that you didn't write that. No. (laughs) See, like, it was entertaining at first. I just say fuck a lot. See, it was entertaining at first where I was like, don't get fucked. Do this shit. Don't get fucked. Good job. And it was like, okay, well, that's kind of funny. But then when they keep playing on that riff, and then they have, like, I don't know, like, different variations of it, like the Chinese guy, it's like a whole sort of thing. I feel like this game, and another review said it very well, was sort of made by a a developer who, like, wanted to do something that they couldn't get away with with normal publishers. And and so they sort of did their indie game, and and it was as edgy as possible. And I mean, like, even, like, it it has an art style that reminds me of Rick and Morty too, so that doesn't help. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Hi there, it's Editor David here, coming at you from like 4 a.m. or whatever when I'm editing this, and I just put it together that the main character is the main character from Breaking Bad. They have the same go go goatee, and his his protagonist protege is like a drug dealing guy who's always high and he's supposed to be like a comedic effect kind of guy and he always has a a plan for things because he's he's done it before i guess okay anyway back to the show i i i wanted this game to approach the whole drug dealing thing and so sort of a more mature angle and they're coming from it from a more childish angle which i didn't really appreciate uh i mean i I don't know. I guess there are games for that, but uh, just the way that it it played and it came off, it wasn't very genuine or or fun or interesting. And the achievement I checked on, it's like 25% for the first achievement. And then the second achievement is 16% completion. And then all the other achievements are like below 1%, which means that people are just like not playing this game past like the beginning because the the tutorial takes so long to read it's an entire massive epic text that you have to parse through before you even start playing the game because it doesn't just like let the tutorial kind of naturally distribute it i guess they try to but they they just let you read it all right away at the beginning anyway and it doesn't explain (laughs) that you shouldn't so i did so rather than giving you individual pop-ups when you encounter the next thing that you need yeah yeah so there's there's lots of things about the design here that doesn't seem like it's the best intentioned and like it's so insanely difficult too. If you mess up, then you have to start over. And because it's a time-based game, you have to be constantly making the right decisions like you're a damn StarCraft player, like trying to make sure that you're getting all these drugs on the optimal freaking path. And also, I feel really bad because like, I don't know, maybe I want to run like a slightly ethical drug operation where at least I pay my employees, but like <laughs> I'm constantly hiring and firing my employees on a whim. Just like, oh, I need another person on the counter. I'm going to hire somebody. Then I fire him to go hire a different character to go beat somebody up. Then I fire him to rehire another person to go work the counter. And it's the most unintuitive system ever. 
It's like, <laughs> I just want to have a couple of employees that I can call in and off when I need them. <laughs> you know, like this is an inefficient system. That's a that's a very uh, Marxist idea there, hiring just like a couple factotums rather than like one individually skilled laborer in every single aspect in order to dilute the workforce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I need... <laughs> What you're saying is you just you just wanted to 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 run a a nice socialist uh uh like like hovel of drug individuals that that could all help and work out wherever they're needed. I mean theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh <laughs> also like the sandbox mode, everything, I don't know if it was just like a random thing that like happened when i chose this sandbox mode and it just chose that the world would be like that it was like a hell fire escape with like red skies and everything was burning and the cops never show up in sandbox mode either so it seems like you're in a world of anarchy and complete destruction and chaos and it I, it must be the result of the california wildfires i can't i can't think of any other reason uh anyway i <laughs> Uh, there's gang conflict, so if you are selling drugs on somebody else's turf, sometimes they might require you to give them a monthly payment or a, uh, like a shipment of drugs that you make for them. So that means you'll have to, like, stop production and stop selling in order to, like, stock up on a whole bunch of production so you can give them all at the same time so that they won't come to you if they come to you, like, and you don't have any of the shit for them, then they don't just, like, kill you immediately. Because that happened to me so much where people would be like, where's the shit? Where's the shit, David? Where you're supposed to make the shit, David. And then I, I would be like, I don't have the shit yet, boss. I'm sorry. Just give me a couple days, boss. And then they'd beat the shit out of me because they don't give you time. Even if you like were about to make it in two seconds and if you had given them literally 30 seconds, then you could have gotten the freaking drugs that you wanted. Miguel. Sorry. Um, I mean, I, this game is frustrating, man. Kind of bored me, too, even when I did play it correctly. The challenge there was just kind of frustrating, so. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I can't really recommend it very easily, especially with the writing. It left a very sour taste in my mouth. It's like every character was just like a different stereotype. It's like the white gangsters, the black gangsters, the Chinese gangsters. It's just like, eh, whatever. Be creative. Say yeah. something new that's not racist. Yeah. And it's not racist just for the sake of being racist because that's like funny and controversial and like, I don't know, whatever. Speaking of things that are kind of oddly edgy for the sake of being edgy. Yeah. Iron Danger. Ooh. I can't wait let's to hear about, about this. Ooh. Oh, God. Let's get into this game. All right. Uh, this is a game made by Action Squad Studios, who have done no other games. Uh, and it tells. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, this is a top-down, turn-based strategy game, uh, meaning like, over the head camera, you see your characters. It's got the Diablo style movement where you click to move. I don't know if that could be disabled. I didn't check. It was a little obnoxious. Uh, I probably should have checked, but I played the whole like twelve hour game with it because I was couldn't be bothered to check. I mean, why would they put that shit behind like a option menu? I don't know. I mean, a lot of play games do. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's click to move, uh, and it's got a really unique mechanic that allows you to manipulate time to adjust your actions. So anytime you press the space bar or anytime you're in combat, you get this little bar on the bottom, which is heartbeats. Each heartbeat represents an action. 
and you can, uh, I think it shows 20 heartbeats at one time. So at the course of a fight, you can adjust forward or back 20 heartbeats, mm. which is super cool. Uh, so if you like, if you move somewhere and get hit by an enemy, you can, you can adjust backwards in time and remove somewhere different. So you won't get hit. Uh, if anytime you die, you can just move back a few heartbeats to before you died and adjust whatever happened that caused you to die and change it. So it's like Diablo with Prince of Persia. Sorry for interrupting. Oh no, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's almost like Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Yeah. yeah. Except it's, it's, it's very more fine tuned. Uh, the game honestly felt like a puzzle game more than a strategy game in that regard because it was like it was it was solving every single step of the way to get through the combat rather than like focusing on this turn and what I'm doing now. It's it, a lot of it was like, all right, I'm going to orchestrate my 17 moves that I think I need to do in this combat and then I'm going to go back and adjust each one of them and fine tune them so that I don't actually get hit or die in these individual places. Mm-hmm. It was it was super cool. I really, really, really loved the uh, the mechanics, and and it created a lot of like like y- you don't make mistakes in the game. Like everything can just be written over and fixed, you know, and and like every single step and little detail matters. So it was super cool. That's a fantasy uh, that I constantly chase, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and and the mechanics were written into the story of the game too. So there was like a justifiable in-universe reason for how and why you were traveling back in time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it wasn't like this is just a mechanic for the sake of a mechanic. It was like we we actually built the story around this mechanic, kind of, like uh, which was super cool. Yeah, and and it had one of the greatest features I've ever seen in a sort of like top-down RPG game in that you could press Alt to toggle to see uh you you could hold it or you could change it in the settings to toggle but it would show you everything that could be interacted with so like you knew what was lootable you knew like where little items were it was super great like it just like little plants on the ground had like a little gear over them so you knew you could pick them up little little quality of life thing that was just amazing and i wish it was in more rpgs i do really appreciate those like smaller touches that really add the layer of polish that make these kind of experience is playable for like you know the 12 hours that you threw into this yeah exactly it, it it was super cool i think the game was doing a lot mechanically that was phenomenal and i just want to stress that i think the game was doing a lot mechanically <laughs> that was super phenomenal now on to the this story now on to the story of this game uh <laughs> I want to say that the story is based on a Finnish folklore called the Kalevala, which is super cool. I did a little bit of reading about it, um, and it seemed like it takes place in the second part of the Kalevala, uh, which is really interesting. I I think they they pulled a lot from it, but also took a lot of creative liberties from what I could tell. I haven't actually read the Kalevala, but I did just order a copy of it that I will be reading because I was super excited to read about it. Shout out to Um, Finnish culture. Yeah. Yeah, Finnish culture. The Kalevala is basically like their odyssey. So, super cool. Uh, now, this game had a lot of, like, 
it had a lot of questionable lines, like just one-off lines that they threw out there for just absolutely no reason. And it just like it tore me apart. It like I was constantly questioning, like, what the fuck is the point of this line? Why would you just is it just an edgy joke just for the fun of it? Are you just like shit posting humor in the middle of your video game? Or are you trying to make a point about this issue that is just bad? Yeah, like, like tell me about it. Tell me about it. Like, like what, what are some uh, examples? Here. Like, like, okay, so so the first interaction with the the sort of king of the realm, right? You you play as uh, I am gonna mispronounce this. Kipula, 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 uh, keep something uh, is the Kapala. main character's name. Uh, and uh, editor David will will, will will knock me down a peg, <laughs> or maybe um, I won't. Maybe I'll just let us both be stupid. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but when you when you the main character, right? Uh, her her village was ransacked and destroyed by by the Northguard army, and so you meet the king for the first time. And as you're walking out, your character makes a comment, and you're like, "I I don't want to go on this grand adventure for the king. Like my house, my home was just burnt down. I just want to live in the city peacefully. Like I thought I'd come here and that'd be the end of it. But no, we have to go on this dumbass quest." And the other character you're with, he he looks at you and he goes he goes. Something along the lines. I'm misquoting this a little bit. But he goes, oh, don't worry, Kipuna. Like, this gives you a chance to earn your keep unlike the other homeless here. Ooh. No, no other reference to homelessness in this game. Not a single other reference to homelessness in this game. They just, like, the developers for no reason just had to shit on homeless people and say they're not earning their keep in society for a joke, I think. But it wasn't. It wasn't humor. It wasn't funny. It was literally just shitting on homeless people for no reason. I, I, like I, I'm rockling. Yeah, and then like the the oh the first mission that you meet your I think he was supposed to be your uncle, um or like uncle in law uh the the man married to your aunt or whatever, uh that you meet him and you go out on a single mission with him a single mission. And at the end of the mission, this guy immediately starts perving on the main character. And he goes like, kiss me, Kipuna. Kiss me. Lean over here, girl. Be a good girl and kiss, kiss your me. uncle. Kiss him. And that's it. That's it. No more mention of your creepy uncle beyond that. Like, nothing else. It has nothing to do with, like, the, the, the subjugation of minors into a sexual position by family members. No, they just have to make one joke about your uncle trying to molest you, and then they move on. Like it's absurd like they there's no point in this comment even being made but for some reason they felt the need to make it wow oh it just like it, it really grinded to me and then there was just like there was subtle ageism like laden throughout the game like you after you meet the artificer for the first time you walk out and you both the characters are just like he was mighty young for an artificer wasn't he and that's it like nothing else beyond that just like have to call age into question and there was a point where it was just like one of the characters was like man men only want to kill and murder people don't they and that was that it sure just like is right on that just like, like as if like like just as if they're stating it like a statement that they believe that everyone believes and it yeah, sort of it was, was like indicative like, like the developers sort of beliefs and just like how exactly they like, like that's why i was so confused i didn't yeah. know if it was just edgy comments for the sake of trying to be funny or if it was like the developers believe these shitty little things and they just had to find a way to shoehorn it into their game i don't know either way i mean 
It's probably a little bit of both. They probably, like, thought that it was funny from their worldview. I mean, like, I certainly yeah. at some point, like, before I really have gripped with, like, the reality of homelessness, have, like, made homelessness jokes before. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, but that's, like, something that's something that, like, a child did. Like, like as a, as a child, I said, like, oh, like, a hobo, whatever. Like, but... Yeah, exactly. Not, like, a grown-ass adult releasing a $40 video game into the world. Yeah, like, the statements that you say, like, they carry weight outside of the game, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So it just, like, I don't know, a lot of these little, like, one-off lines that had nothing to do with the story, were never mentioned, had nothing to do with the themes presented... They just, like, one-off, really shitty, off-putting, unnecessary lines just kept popping up, and I hated it. Mm. I will say, though, there was one character that I absolutely fell in love with. Uh, in the city, there's a dude that was just selling snakes. And, like, you walk by him, and he's like, snakes for sale, get your <laughs> snakes. And if you go up and talk to him, you go, you go, but I live on a boat. And he goes, well, you probably don't want any snakes on a boat, then. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> so good it was like that's the best me. interaction ever that that was me like i used to sell bathrooms and all of the time people would like because i was just like at, at like a like a line in sam's club and people would like walk by me and just try to ignore me or just do whatever but then some people would be like like hey do you need it i would be like hey do you want a bath bathroom do you need a bathroom and they'd be like i have an apartment and it's just like okay have a good day have a good <laughs> cheers well, have a good day then. Have, have you, a good don't, day. you don't need what i'm selling you, you, you don't, don't need, need me cheers you're you're on a boat get out of here i've said hi i've done my job <laughs> so yeah that that was like the saving grace of this game was the snake salesman that you meet once oh god bless that snake salesman <laughs> and and like the character development in this game was all over the place i i wrote this really bad joke so here we go uh the character development was all over they were waxing and waning harder than the moon cycles but up but up um, but it was like, like the main character was like, she was like, I just want to live in the city and be normal. And then she was like, I need all the shards for mass power. And then like the next shard you get, she was like, I don't want to do this. This sucks. And then she was like, they stole my shard. I'm going to burn them all to the ground. Like <laughs> the character was just all over the place. And there was no like solid idea of like who this character actually was. It's uh, just she runs and she destroy and she fight. Yeah, she was clearly just like a vessel for the plot, which sucked. Wow. Uh, and speaking of the plot, the fucking ending to this game is just garbage. Just like I get, I get the theatrical storytelling device of a cliffhanger. It's it's great. Cliffhangers are good. They leave you wanting more. They leave unanswered questions about the universe and, like, what's going on in this story and maybe there's more that we don't know about. But you don't end your fucking story. You, you don't end it on a cliffhanger before you resolve the story arc. Like, the final moment of the game, right? All of this game <sighs> is building up to a battle with the Northgard army. And you collect all five shards and your character's like, let's go to the kill the fucking army, right? And resolve this war. And the game ends. The game ends. Right in at the, the critical at moment. The, at the, the game ends at the climax of the story. At the climax. Not after. It ends at the fucking climax. Like, not even Ugh. after you've seen the resolution of the climax. It ends at the titular moment of the climax. That's not a cliffhanger. That's just shitty. That's... Like, 
that's just predatory. That's just bad. It's so predatory. And now I'm like, do I need DLC to see the rest of the story? Am I going to have to buy the second game? Because, like, there are... The the whole point of this story was fixing the Northgard invasion and collecting the shards to be able to do so. But you don't, you don't get to resolve the story arc in this game. You're just stuck on a boat. Like, after everyone agrees, let's go fucking end this, the game cuts to credits. And it is the most unsatisfying ending of a video game I have ever played. Like, hands down, it is just so unsatisfying because you don't, you don't get anything. You play this game for 12 freaking hours and, and you don't get to experience any story, really. Maybe you can experience the story in the Iron Dagger graphic novel available as DLC purchase. Uh. Deadass, this is, this is why I bought the Finnish folklore that this is based off of, because I want to read the story in a non-predatory way. Like, if this is based <laughs> off of Finnish folklore, fuck playing this game. Just go read the story. Read the actual story that will have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Fuck games that don't have an ending. Like that's just so like it, I get that like you're trying to set up for something, or maybe like you you like ran out of money and like you just had to like you know release the game. But like I don't know, it it just like it feels empty. And yeah, it feels it's, like it's it's so empty. It's yeah. so empty. Like I I had I had clicked away from the screen because I was working on something else at the time, and I was like, all right, I'll wait for the next chapter to load and then I'll play. And I look over and the next chapter didn't load. It was just fucking credits, and I was just. Oh, I was livid. I was like, what the fuck was the point of this? What was the point of this whole damn thing? Uh, when you sent me that message, I, 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 you you sent it in such a way that I couldn't tell if you were, like, <laughs> so excited about, like, the revelation and the ending and you it had justified the entire experience or if it was just, like, the worst, but it turned out to be <laughs> the worst. I don't, I don't use Twitter and I tweeted about how bad the ending of this game is. <laughs> <laughs> like you just had to vent you just had to find yeah, somewhere it was so bad it was so bad like it is just poor writing it is terrible writing which is laden throughout the whole game and very clear like once you realize that oh these these developers just don't know how to write oh, like that's what it comes down to they don't know how to write a joke they don't know how to be clever they don't know how to talk about topics with nuance they don't know how to fucking end a story like i and, and i'm i am one for not putting developers on blast but dead ass fuck these guys like this is a bad product do not buy this game damn that's a firm in the do not recommend <laughs> spot Yo, we are going to have a whole new fucking list here now, starting with the, all of Johnny's developers he's putting on blast. <laughs> I, I love you, Conway, and, and I hope you're enjoying the game. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the also tiny-ass text that is clearly not friendly for anyone with bad eyesight. <laughs> yep, sorry about that. Oh, that was something that I didn't mention about Basement as well, but uh, yeah, that game also had the same problem where everything was really small text. And you can make it bigger by doing a two times thing, but then that also makes everything bigger by two times. And then you can't see anything because it's too zoomed in. And I hated that. I just wanted the text to oh. be bigger. And and not to mention, you get about two thirds away, two thirds of the way through the one thirds of the story they give you, uh, to be introduced to like the main villain, and every single voice actor pronounces their name differently. 
So some are like no Kuko, and some are like direction. Kuko, and some are like Koku, and like it, it's this one name that is pronounced differently by every single character. Kuko, 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 just like everybody is just got like a different sort of spin on it, like what? which sucks because like the voice acting was one of the few saving graces that I kind of enjoyed about the game up until that point. Well, it sounds like the reason for that might be because there wasn't actually a voice director. Maybe maybe they just did it all on their own and then they uh they just came together. I don't think there was a director at all for this game. <laughs> I think I think it was just the snakes. It was just the snakes. That's all the just snakes, snakes they have for sale. It was just it snakes was a and a bunch of, of suits snakes that were directing this game. But a bunch of snakes in suits directing games. Who would have known reptilians are all in charge of game development? I would like to formally apologize to the developers at Action Squad Studios. After further research, I have deduced that they are in fact humans and not reptilians. And there was at least a single game director who uh, did work on it. And he was also the technical director. His name was Juicy Campaign. And I uh, didn't notice any voice director, though. So there's that. So, uh, yeah. That's about it on that front, really. Oh, yeah. Don't play Iron Danger. Play Tropico 6. Yeah, Tropico 6 is a great game, and it's the next game that we're going to be talking about here tonight. Tropico 6 is uh, a very fun game. Uh, it has a large history. The first couple of games were released by Pop-Tart and Frog City in the early 90s. They both went defunct in 2006 after Take-Two uh, Take Interactive acquired them and then went defunct. Tropico 3, 4, and 5 were then developed by Highmont Games, and then Tropico 6, the game that we finally landed on today, was developed by Limbic Entertainment. I had no idea that this game had such a complicated <laughs> development history. <laughs> and, like, just researching it just before the show to try to find all this out, it, it kind of blew my mind, because uh, Tropico 6 is, like, really good. It's, like, probably the best in the series, in my opinion. It takes a lot of the best features of a lot of the previous games and incorporates them, like the elections from 4 and uh, a lot of the different uh, eras from 5. Maybe not the dynasties, it didn't take that from 5, but definitely, I don't know. Can, can you, you can leave some stuff from 5. That wasn't a great one. Anyway, uh, Tropico 6, uh, the developer Limbic Entertainment, they're known for other games like Memories of Mars, Might and Magic, Heroes uh, 6 and 7, as well as Might and Magic X Legacy. Uh, really any entry of Tropico is a good entry into the series, though I would personally recommend 4 and 6. Uh, published by Calypso Media, this game, uh, is one of many games that they've published, like Port Royale, Railway Empire, Vikings, Wolves of Midgard, you know, games that we've covered even on this podcast. Uh, then this right here is a city-building sim about fulfilling your wildest fantasies of island-based rule. So you're going to be balancing policies, uh, political agendas between a bunch of different factions, such as the capitalists, the communists, the environmentalists, militarists, and many, many others. You have to form diplomatic relations with uh, different world powers in the various different eras that you get to explore, uh, such as with the USA, Russia, China, and Middle East. And the eras there are being uh, the colonial era that you start out in, where you kind of start out as like a maybe like a penal colony or... Or, or just a brand new colonial colony, just starting out, planting new plantations and uh, starting to grow in that early 1800s kind of time period. Then you go into uh, the World War time period where uh, things start to get a little bit more advanced. Then you start getting roads and stuff. You can actually start 
uh, building bridges to other islands as well. Uh, Cold War, then you get starting to do like a lot of the, I think this is like the really classic Tropico era, because this is where a lot of like the really crazy stuff can happen, where like nuclear testing and stuff like that. It's it's a lot of fun in that era. And then the final era being Modern Times, which was uh, originally the DLC for Tropico 4. Uh, and then they just incorporated it from Tropico 5 onward as being a main part of the game because, I mean, it's what we're all living in right now, and it's what we all like to see in an island, like uh, giant skyscrapers and uh, all these kind of fancy resorts and stuff is what you can kind of expect to build to in the modern times era. Uh, you can really forge your own path here, though, with, like, communism, socialism, capitalism, authoritarianism. You can do a little mix of everything if you want. You can kind of... Uh, it's really just about building towards a winning economy. Uh, trying to focus on maybe exports and imports with a mining and production focus, focused economy is, is one way to win. Or you, maybe you can focus on green living, environmentalism, and tourism, trying to get a bunch of people to your island to visit and spend money on the island. That's another way to win. So if you've played Tropico before, you this is all probably sounding pretty familiar. It, it's Tropico again, but better. Uh, there are a couple new things, like the ability to steal world monuments. Which that's hilarious. I I love that feature. <laughs> Hell yeah! You you played a little bit of Tropico as well, and uh, oh, I played a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're working on like a video series here. Yeah, I'm doing a. I'll have it released probably by the end of next before this bundle becomes irrelevant. Hopefully, by the end of this month. It's uh, it's uh, predicting the 2020 election in Tropico. <laughs> Using the election system in Tropico, and I can't wait to find out what happens and who's going to win. <laughs> also, how how well were you able to recreate? Who did you recreate? Like Joe Biden as as the main candidate, uh, or? So the the way I've been doing it, um, and I I need to play with it a little bit more still is uh. I I am playing as the active president as as Trump. Okay. And and I'm trying to stimulate the conditions of our country and economy uh as closely as possible up until uh basically for the 4 years leading up to an election in game. Gotcha. I'm like a microcosm sort of taking the entire uh aisle of the United States and turning it into a single aisle of Trump. Exactly. Yeah. I I love that and I can't wait to find out how that pairs out. Uh, <laughs> but like the the other features that are new here like the ability to build archipelago nations uh, or that's really cool because you actually like instead of just being trapped and confined to a single island now you get to expand across like many multiple different islands using like bridges and teamster ports to transport people across your islands and it makes it a lot easier to access faraway resources as well in the early game uh Again, the ability to steal world monuments is just gold. Like throwing Stonehenge and like the Eiffel Tower and like Big Ben and the Roman Colosseum, just stealing all of that for a great heist and then throwing it somewhere on your island just to help spruce it well, up, make it prettier and give you some benefits. And the fun part, yeah, is all of the all of the the monuments do different like in-game benefits mm -hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like if you throw it on Stonehenge, then I think it increases some aspect of your tourism rating and also like uh, a major aspect of like your scientific research yeah so it's awesome i i love this game i'm going to be playing hundreds of hours of this game i can guarantee it i love these games and this is probably one of the better versions of them out currently um i haven't gotten through too far into the campaign so i don't know how wacky it gets tropico 4 was really fun with its campaign 
even though it was occasionally repetitive, you would get really interesting quests. You have to deal with like a zombie invasion or 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 like some kind of massive like uh, volcano that would constantly erupt all the time. And, and, you know, all these different disasters that you have to kind of deal with and different scenarios that you have to build around. It's really fun. There are there are natural disasters. No zombies, though. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. It might have it in the campaign. It was a special campaign mission. So. Oh, like a specific campaign mission. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And the zombies weren't, like, necessarily real zombies. I think that, that you made them using radio towers. And, and oh, you, you okay. controlled them, basically. 5G is killing us all and turning us into zombies. That was literally the plot of the whole mission. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but this game is so tongue-in-cheek about all that kind of stuff. And, and like, all the different caricatures of all the different world re- leaders and, and everything. It doesn't take anybody too seriously, and it doesn't take any side. Like, it doesn't take the side of the United States or really, like, the the Russians. It kind of really takes the shit out of both of them. And, uh, you know, like, because America is, like, kind of capitalist bastards that they're all in it for profit and they they lie and a whole bunch but then also like the russians are over here like you know main ma- mainly you know doing things for their own like output of their own you know domestic goals and potentially like their foreign policy like mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know it's it's all like shady but like at the end of the day it doesn't matter because you're there to make money as an island <laughs> yeah and you're just dealing money with whoever is the most convenient at that point politically and it makes a lot of things about modern day politics make a lot more sense, actually, because you start to understand, like, why would a would a leader embrace somebody that is like so against, you know, like this or that. And you start to realize, like, oh, it's it's because they're doing it to get a certain percentage of the population on their side or or they're doing it to, to appease a, a certain uh, subsect that like maybe has been disparaged and, and needs to be like uh, sort of given a, a bit of more attention. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense to what I'm describing, but. Uh, Tropico is just a fascinating little game, and I could talk for hours on it. I'm just rambling at this point, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you you get to make so many fun little ranches and, and plantations and stuff. And uh, I'm really sad that they got rid of uh, the goat ranch. They did replace it with a uh, crocodile ranch, which is pretty sweet. But uh, to be honest, I will always miss the goats. Uh, hi. It's the editor version of david here i don't know how i missed this but you can definitely still make goats and goat branches and goat farms in tropico 6 i don't want to alarm anyone they are very good sources of milk with that in mind let's get back to the show well if you miss goats then boy do i have a game for you <gasps> Goat of Duty! This is a game from 34 Big Things. <laughs> They've also done Space Assault, Red Out, uh, Super Inefficient Golf, which is a golf game in which you golf by putting mines on your golf ball. Super cool. Uh, Mars or Die and Hyperdrive Massacre. Uh, to put it simple, this is a first-person shooter. But with goats. Ooh, that sounds so no. good, though. That sounds so choice, though. Uh, it's in FPS, but you're a goat. You can charge like a goat. You can jump like a goat. You can faint like a goat. Ooh. Can wait? Uh, can can you bleat like a goat? Yes, Ooh. you can bleat like a goat. Yes. <laughs> 
it is it is created and presented as like a clear parody of the the war games at first person shooter genre like call of duty battlefield those kinds of games uh there's absolutely no story to this game but it is phenomenal like it's so good it's so good it does so much that like so so the game is is designed like imagely it's a parody of these games but it stands on its own as a first person shooter so well it is it has like an arena shooter yeah it's it's a it's an arena shooter so it's not like uh uh it's not like a a traditional war game shooter with like loadouts and unlocked guns and and you know like big uh circular based maps it it plays more like quake or doom or one of those sort of like arena based shooters Mm -hmm. uh the old school halo games uh gears of war kind of uh so like the map design and everything is like that you find all of the weapons are and there's power-ups that you find throughout the map that give you like health and stuff everything is on the map to begin with so you have to know the maps you have to know where weapons spawn all that jazz uh but it like it's it's so good it's so good. Like, there's great map variety. All of the maps are designed really well. They flow well. There's there's phenomenal, like, horizontal and vertical movement in this game. It feels like you're playing a, a, a game like Titanfall or Hyperscape with the movement. And you're fucking goats, which is so good. Yeah. So you're playing... You're, yeah, you're playing a movement-based shooter like Titanfall in in arena-based maps like Quake or Doom. It, like, it is a beautiful fusion of the genre that does like so many things good and right that so many of the bigger name games are just missing because they're too big to fail and it and it does it all in this charming package that's just shitting on games like call of duty <laughs> uh but like so the way it works too is like you you hit play and you're just dropped into a lobby no no picking game modes no picking maps no picking loadouts nothing like that you just hit play and you're immediately in a lobby basically and it goes through and you vote for what game mode and what map you're going to play next. And the game modes are great. There's like a, a essentially a, a, like a juggernaut mode where one person is super powered up and, and a death machine and they can just go around killing everyone in one shot and they have to take them down in which they become the Mantador and can like kill everyone super good. Uh, there's a, there's a Fusrada, Fusrado, uh, game mode in which everyone, uh, has access to guns that just, like, knock back people, and the whole objective is to just knock people into walls and knock them off the map. They've got gun game, they've got team deathmatch, they've got free-for-all, uh, they've got, uh, domination, capture the, like, a capture the area game. So, they've got a huge variety of game modes, and they all, like, they're all really well designed, and some of them are just, like, fun and silly to play. My favorite feature by far in this game is the fact that there is no reload button. R is the dedicated <laughs> ragdoll button. You don't reload, you just faint. You just faint <laughs> like a goat. <laughs> and you know, I actually use that, like, strategically a couple oh, of I times. Oh, I use it to taunt all the time. <laughs> like, it's good for taunting, but you can also, like, pretend that you died in a certain point and people, like, won't shoot yeah. at you. Then you can use it to, like, also platform down in a certain way if you, like, use it in a specific sort of, like try to just like flop over the side of the edge and then catch yourself. Uh yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It is I it shouldn't be as good as it is, but it is. Yeah, I fully went in thinking it was going to be a joke, but this is like hands down one of my favorite first person shooters now. Like <laughs> it's so good. And can we talk it's about so the competitive good. community? 
we met one of the organizers who is working on getting the competitive community started for this game, and I'm so excited. I want to play competitive Goat of Duty. Jiffy Goat, this is for you. Thank you so much for Jiffy joining Goat, us. <laughs> please let us know when this happens. I cannot wait. Yeah, seriously. Oh. That I mean, like... I. And and the game is like really well balanced and the gun physics are phenomenal. Like there's there's a nice lead time to all the weapons. Like you you can see your bullets in the air too, so you get a really good feel of the lead time and like how far you have to like account for for different things. Like the movement gives you so much flexibility and survivability in the game. It just like all of the weapons felt very well balanced and easy to combat and work around. I I love this game to death. It's so much fun. I like I've, I I think the time to kill might be a little bit high for people who are more used to like serious oh, yeah. war game first person shooters. Uh but I I loved the time to kill. I thought it was a, a great means of like I I don't feel like every encounter is solved by who shoots first. Yeah. There's actually some sort of skill in the gameplay, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, I 100% agree. The little starting pistol that you get, it's like is a sort of auto fire. And it's really hard to get used to, uh, but you, if you can start to like, get some good kills with it, if you uh, are really good with the aiming on it. Yeah, and once you learn to like use your charge, so so your charge, charge is your charge is essentially your melee and your sprint button tied into one button, which is super cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, like it, it, with the Fusro Da level, like I I disliked that one at first, but then when I got more into like the movement and sort of trying to master both the. Uh, the boop and the charge it's st- i started getting like top score on every time that we did that uh, specific game type and it became my favorite game type i love that fusro dog game type it's, so much it's so good it's so good just go get this game it's a beautiful mockery of like an overplayed genre but it still holds its own really well alone like it, it it's it, it could compete with any big name of the genre. Like this game is as good as Call of Duty, but it's also fun and silly and brings like a unique mix of new and old ideas. And it just like it's hard to get upset and get pissed off when you're just playing as a bunch of goats. That's like the other it, it is lighthearted the whole time, <laughs> even when you're playing it very seriously. I cannot get tilted at that game. I I was trying I, to get mad at it. I could not. <laughs> I was sweating hard, like, I was fucking going hard by the end of the night, and I was still just, like, laughing and smiling and having fun, which is, like, something I don't do when I play first-person shooters anymore. It's wild. Like, normally by then I'd be like, oh, fuck this game, fuck that kill, like, that guy fucking, ah, god, fuck these guys, like, but it wasn't. It was just like, ah, I'm a goat! Beware! That, I feel like, the more that I think about it, I think there is a massive room for games that are fun and not taking themselves so seriously because every single massively multiplayer game right now that is popular takes itself so seriously. And this Fall is, Guys does This is literally the Fall that's, Guys. That's this is why, the Fall Guys yeah, of first-person shooters. That, that's why it, it got so popular, I think, is like it doesn't take itself seriously. You can actually have fun and not get tilted while playing it, and you can just chill out and vibe with your friends. But you can still play to, like, a competitive level and a competitive skill set. Right. Like, yeah, but it, it just, it's impossible to get mad. I love it. It's like playing a ukulele. So good. Can't get mad. <laughs> yeah, go go buy this game. Go play this game. It, this should be the first game you get out of this bundle, and then Tropico, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you're into the whole city building thing, I know I am. Although, actually, truth be told, this is, this is a true statement. Uh, I did not play Tropico until I was given it for free. Uh, I was given Tropico 4 for free by Humble Bundle just for signing up for their newsletter ages ago. 
and on oh, a shit. whim i tried it and i played it for 80 hours and i i cannot believe it's that good. I put that much time is a lot of fun yeah it's so much fun and it's a great entry into the city building genre because the tutorials are pretty decent to it letting you figure out like all right here's what you have to do but then it doesn't tell you so much that you you know everything you have to actually still play and in like trial yeah. and error things to figure it out which i mean we could probably skip from that right along to our uh no extras so no extras closing game of the month we are we're doing know. the extras next week just so everyone knows there are extras in the bundle but we're covering them next week oh for sure for sure we will be doing our extras we got two of them coming up but uh we already know your game of the month and my game of the month go I to think. duty go to duty baby and tropico six baby tropico six is where it's at <laughs> so if you if there are two games from the bundle so far that are worth getting those are the two yep don't get iron danger yeah Th this is this or is basic. my definitive not game of the month segment in which i say don't get iron danger it's bad and the developers should feel bad for making this game and charging money for it if if i had it's to... not art it's just trash <laughs> if i had to slot a game into that segment as well uh, not as as <laughs> significant of a condemnation, but certainly uh, I don't want to play Basement again anytime soon. But, you know, just putting that out there. <laughs> All right. So what else are you playing? I've been playing Hades, Among Us, on our community nights, Dead by Daylight with Tesseract, a lot of Valorant. Uh, I have been playing a little bit of Valorant for the first time, too, with you. It's fun. Yeah. It's a good game. You you really threw spaghettios on yourself when we played Valorant the oh, other time. Oh, I did do spaghettios on the Valorant stream. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You, I like how you forgot about it. <laughs> I just forgot the game I was playing at the time. <laughs> well, I haven't. Played I remember Dead the spaghettios. They're still on my headphones, kind of. I really need to play Dead by Daylight. Have you been enjoying that? I've been enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty fun with people. Well, I've been playing uh, Left 4 Dead 2, which is also fun with people with the uh, new update that was really fun and i enjoyed playing the versus mode on that mm -hmm. uh we played a little bit of overwatch i played a little bit of magic the gathering arena to get ready for a potential monday magic the gathering night where we can do an arena night i think i'd really yes. enjoy that uh and then i also of course played more among us on the community night and jackbox a and i played i tried wow oh yeah we did play wow <laughs> yeah remember that <laughs> yep <laughs> i've remembered and forgotten <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's what it feels like to play wow for me yep yep <laughs> i don't know i've also been playing legends of runtara which is super good oh i need to play really that. good card game yeah. you do i i hear really good things about the card economy and how easy it is to get yeah. into the game it is the best card economy of a digital card game i've ever played yeah not not predatory at all like arena yeah. Not like you have to buy like 50 decks like I did and then open them all on stream just so you can have a couple Magic the Gathering Just to have some codes. mediocre decks on Arena. Yeah, just to have a couple mediocre decks. <laughs> uh, the charity this month is Charity Colon Water, uh, which is a nonprofit that brings clean, safe drinking water to the people in developing countries. And uh, I normally don't mention like too much about the charities, but I did on their website. They have like a link that just lets you view all of their finances and see the proof of all of their projects and everything they've completed. So like that is super amazing. Like it is a hella transparent charity. They're one of my favorite so, charities, actually. They're one that I've donated to before uh, just on my own volition because I, I like them. So, yeah, the money from the bundle goes to help give people water. Yeah. Uh, what about some other free games? Uh, Abzu is free currently on the Epic Game Store. Ooh. 
and Rising Storm to Vietnam. Uh, gifted games. Gift, good, good old games still has some, some free games. <laughs> the GameSpot article is no longer being updated. What? <laughs> we have to do more work for ourselves? That's not okay. Just kidding. We found a new article with some free stuff. I'll link it in the description. It's theepicbundle.com. Oh, dude. Looks like we don't have to work after all. <laughs> uh, what about a listener question? Uh, our listener question for this month is, what piece of folklore would you want adapted into a video game? Hmm. And, Going uh, off the uh, the very bad adaptation of Kalevala for Iron Danger, what what good adaptation from good developers making a good game would you want to see? The the Kama Sutra, perhaps. Uh, that's a good mm. historical document. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, is that it? Are we done with this podcast? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, uh, w- there was like the thing from last month. Uh, Oh yeah, what was what was uh, our answers from that? I don't think I put them in. Or was this was this the was this the one? I think we covered it last time. I think we covered it on the end of last episode. We probably did. Uh, yeah. So our answer, our our Q and A stuff's going to be a little different going forward. We'll give you the answer, our answers next week, and then we'll read your answers uh, at the start of the next month. Okay. Well, there you go. That's the end of it yeah. then. That's, that's the whole yeah. thing. That's the full the full podcast. That's it. We did it. All out of the sheet. Time to go stream. Well, I'm going to go edit. It's <laughs> 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 my day off. I'm going to. I'm, I'm leaving this space intentionally blank for David, editor David, to catch our mistake and add it in post. What mistake? Oh, you'll realize it once we once you get to the end. We don't make mistakes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> To this day, at this moment in time, Editor David here, is 6.52 a.m. I don't know what Johnny was talking about when he said that I would know what he was talking about when there was the the thing, the mistake, and he left time for it. I don't, I don't know what it is, and I'm not going to look for it. <laughs> Go to bed, bro. <laughs> Have a good one. Peace.